on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Back once again, it's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. As you can tell from that fantastic theme song, it's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hiya, Carl. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, I I really wanted you to be on the show on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Great. Glad to have you as a uh, guest once again. Yeah. Thank you very much. Happy to start the show off like this every week. Every week we are here on mutinyradio.fm. We are streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm. Join us. Listen to us first as we stream first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, you could kick back earlier in the afternoon or you could kick back later in the afternoon. What the fuck do I care? But we also are a podcast. So you don't even have to stream, although it would help. Yeah. Uh, it would help. God, how passive aggressive is that? We are at L W A F L M O Y T. Reason why we bring up the acronym up front. That's how you can find us on podcast, and we have a fantastic YouTube channel with the same acronym, L W A F L M O Y T. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. We would love for you to listen to the podcast and watch the movie on YouTube at the same time. You could turn off the sound of the movie. Who gives a shit? Yeah, right. Listen Just to us. James Marsden. And uh, yeah, so we are going to watch this movie. And usually these are movies I read about, had no access to, had to go by what the book said. But now they're on YouTube. So I don't have to search for it. I could just watch it. It's a miracle. Yeah. The whole fetish. I love fetishizing stuff. I have a collection of physical media right here looking at me back. Maybe I don't want to go for a search. Maybe I just want to see this movie, not read about it. Carl, what is this movie this week? Today, we will watch a movie that doesn't quite fit with that description because you weren't young when it came out. No. Accidental Love 2015. Accidental Whoa. Love. Mm-hmm. Accidental Love 2015? Yeah, anything with the 20 kind of doesn't fit your, you know, I used to read about it as a kid. No, but I read about this on AV Club. Okay, so today the legacy Back, continues. Yeah, in 2006 I read about this movie. It was it was made in 2008, believe it or not. I read um, about it 2 years before it was made. <laughs> call me a liar. <laughs> not to your face. Okay. So in the YouTube search engine, you put in accidental, which okay. is spelled like the word accidental. Love L O V E 2015 and the channel we like accidental love 2015 is online movies oh that's exactly what i like online movies i'm going to subscribe to this channel it's very descriptive to what is going on we will be watching a movie we'll be online online movies provides that service for you so here's what we need you to do we want you to find a device that has your youtube on it go to their search engine type in accidental love 
2015, you'll find a version hosted by Online Movies, which is kind of redundant. Yes. Click the link, but hit pause. Move your timer to zero, zero, zero. We want to watch this movie all at the same time. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With and you. Carl, Carl's kind of being modest every week. He's not, yeah. Not Maybe I need to stop that bit already. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Stop a bit? No. <laughs> Beat it to death every week. Uh, Carl has written. Carl wrote the theme song. Carl has researched this movie. He's going to provide. Uh, uh, guidance as we watch at the same time and he's also spoken to a celebrity comedian I who have. is going to do a celebrity comedian countdown and when the next celebrity comedian says go press go and it's actually going to be really interesting i don't even have a chance to listen to beforehand but carl has delved deep into this next comedian the carl take it away. yeah this guy this next guy's from tibet you're gonna really? love him mm-hmm. we tibet, have new jersey later. Well, Tibet, which county? Bergen? It's, it's Sussex, Sussex County. Sussex yeah. County. Tibet, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay, take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Cassidy O'Malley. Welcome, Cassidy. Now, you, my dear, are super new to comedy. I mean, it's been like two seconds. Like, tell me the story, how you got into it, how long ago, and What's up that made you want to do this? Okay, Carl. So I feel like you you've seen me at my my first spot, Scotty's. Uh-huh. I see you there from time to time. So as corny as it sounds, um, doing comedy was actually always in the back of my mind, like kind of corny, my little girl dream. Like my dad, he's a big comedy fan. He always like we grew up, like, he showed me Monty Python, his favorite comedians, like, and my dad's hysterical, too, so it was always just, like, there, and my entire family, I mean, we're a big Irish family, we got alcoholics, we got everything, <laughs> we have a lot of big personalities in one room, to say the least, so, I mean, everyone's always cracking jokes, and... Yeah, I just never had, for lack of a better word, the cojones to mm-hmm. get up on stage. And then I graduated college, was kind of just in like a weird, it was still kind of COVID, kind of not, but I was just really itching to like do something that it's I really was- that recent, like. 2021 2022 this past december it hasn't even been a year carl wow and also um in the midst i did that class at scotty's i'm kind of embarrassed to say i know like comedians get shit on for like taking a comedy class but Mm -hmm. i just figured i saw the sign i was literally driving saw the sign i was like you know what this is my chance because i can do it in secret I can get in there, see if I have any skill at this. And if I suck, no one will know, right? Uh I'm like, this is perfect. And did the class. Actually, the class was great, too. Like, I loved it. Chip Ambrosio we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Shout out, Chip. Great Mm -hmm. guy. We're doing a fundraiser there, too, September 22nd. He'll be hosting. So definitely come through if you're not busy. Um. So I did the class and like literally from there on out, like I was addicted. Like I was like, let's do mics, like let's go. Well, how were you at the showcase? How was the reaction to you at the showcase? Did you kill? 
Um, pretty good. I didn't invite a single person, which I know that definitely made Chip um, and the rest of the class annoyed. But I was like, guys, like, I don't know what I'm doing. My biggest thing, even to this day, I'm super self-conscious inviting friends and family. Like I enjoy, I'm sure you can relate. Like, I mean, I don't know. I enjoy performing for like strangers, like people mm -hmm. I don't know. I find it kind of distracting when there are like your best friends per se in like the front row, which I mean, I love it. I want everyone to come, but like for me as a performer, it is kind of a little distracting. Can you relate wow. to that at all? Yeah, can you get nervous? You have yourself, you're distracted yeah. by the, um, uh, you're self-conscious. And when you get up there, it's like, if they're strangers, it kind of doesn't matter because they're not going to see you again. And they don't know who you are. So you could be anything for them. Just Exactly. And Carl, I'm 24. Like, I fucking love my friends. But like, some people have never been to a comedy show in their life. You know what I mean? Like, I got to give the girls a little pep talk. Like, yo, like, no phones, no chatter. Like, no, like, mm -hmm. no getting, like, absolutely wasted. Like, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Sometimes me as, like, one, a performer, and two, just kind of a micromanager, I'm like, ooh, it's a little added stress that, mm -hmm. like, adds to the stress of performing, you know? What was your major? Because I know you came from a place in which comedy was common in your household. Like, was mm -hmm. your major anything to do with, like... My major was basketball. Basketball. So it was, that's <laughs> kind of performing. My actual major was... Um, oh, you're I was a communications away. major, which is, like, the classic. That um, is... Yeah. Okay. But really, I just was, like, kind of phoning it in in college. I went to Ithaca mm -hmm. College, like, loved it there, played mm -hmm. basketball, and then even crazier, Carl, also another secret I don't tell comics, but it's out here now. I have my MBA, uh -huh. which is like crazy. I was actually working on a bit about this, but I do have my master's in entertainment and media management. So I feel yeah. like I'm very much so like kind of in a way utilizing a lot of the skills I got there now doing comedy, you know? So if you're 24, you must have graduated and gone straight into the master's immediately. Yeah, because it was COVID. Uh-huh. So did you do it online, I guess? Because... Yeah, so um, we did. Actually, they had it set up really nicely for us in which we could... I was still in Ithaca... I decided to do it, yeah, basically even before I officially graduated because I was the marketing major and, like, I really figured out through internships and stuff that, like, I really did not like that world. Like, it was uh -huh. just kind of fucking corny in my eyes of just, like, I don't know. Like, I wasn't into it. I had two sort of internships and then I saw the entertainment and media management, like, option to get my master's I'm like that's for me because I love pop culture I love entertainment movies tv it is just it's like what really does get me like excited to go and like learn about that kind of stuff the marketing like I said I mean in college I was just kind of like I'm a social butterfly at heart like I'm coming to class and just like chit chat like what's up mm -hmm. and I mean the communications major was great it gave me like great public speaking skills stuff like that um but yeah marketing like I kind of like came to the conclusion I'm like I'm not that into this <laughs> yeah so it wasn't because you're bullshitting people that that isn't the reason it turns you oh, off no. right? okay. I'm good at bullshitting people. Uh -huh. okay you know that <laughs> 
Now, I was going to go on to ask you about how you're getting books so much because I see you on Facebook and Instagram. Not Facebook. You really don't do Facebook. I see you on Instagram and you're promoting the shows that are coming up with um, uh, what? Mike Lauro and um, I I forget exactly. But but how is it that you're getting books so quickly? I mean, you do well at the open mics. Is that where people are giving you these offers? I think this honestly goes back to our previous point of bullshitting, Carl. Like, I feel like it looks like I'm getting booked left and right. But, like, I only have, like, one show booked for September. Like, it's not that crazy. Uh It's not like I'm – I don't even have a consistent show every week. Like, I mean, I wish I did. But, yeah, I think, like you were saying, I just kind of have a bit more social media knowledge than the mm-hmm. average comic not like no disrespect to any mm-hmm. comics but like i am just 24 i was a marketing major i still feel like i'm pretty shitty at it but <laughs> well, i just like post like whenever i do something i went on um, my first kind of road date in charlotte because i did a show at the dojo mm-hmm. my friend gerard like gave me the sick opportunity so once again, it's like, I'm obviously going to post that because then people see it. It looks like I'm doing big things. Like that was my one time oh, being gosh. out of the Northeast mm-hmm. and like, God knows when it'll happen again. But <laughs> yeah, it's all, it all goes back to like marketing yourself and like, yeah. promoting, you know, I'm still like, I still struggle to cut clips to do all that shit. So I'm glad it looks like I'm killing like, it. Now, I want to get to this countdown. I know that's true. But still, I got to ask more. Where do you think you want to go with this? I mean, it's you're, you're, it's not even been a year. But now that you've gotten the feeling of doing set up, punch, everybody's out there. That's a room full of strangers. They're laughing. Where do you where do you think you want to go? Where do you see yourself going? I don't mean in five years. I mean, like, what's your next step in comedy, do you think? What are you striving for? Well, I'm striving for everything, Carl. I want to do it all. I want to just really grind. I want it to be like, I'm still working. I mean, I don't know if you can tell by this backdrop. Like I am in like my, my childhood bedroom. Like I'm still at my dad's yeah. house once again. This is very understandable at 24 years old. Yes. No problem. But I am working on getting a place of my own in Jersey city. I've been going into the city more to do those spots. Um, yeah, I mean, in the immediate future, just want to book more shows, you know? Well, and like some people, like, they want to do a TV pilot. Some people want to do a webisode. It, I, that's why I meant, where were you going? You want to be a booked, working comedian. I like to do stand-up, yeah. I do not have... Oh, well, also, I want to have a podcast as well. I mean, this is cool. First time doing, like, anyone's podcast. Wow. But- I want to have my podcast, but really my one love is like the stage and uh-huh. just sort of like keep writing, keep getting better. Like I said, I'm very new at this. So like every time I get on stage, I'm sure you can relate. Like I'm learning something new. I'm mm-hmm. finding like kind of my voice. I've been lately just more comfortable on stage where I'm a bit more unhinged. Like I do more crowd work. It like, still very green in terms of the industry and like i mean i just fucking love it so i want to just keep doing it as much as possible and like keep getting booked you know now i bet you don't have a website but how can people find you out there on the internet out there on social media certainly instagram you have tiktok how can people get in touch with you 
how can they keep you out? That's a great question, girl. And one, I am working on the website that will be fired up soon. Very nice. Um, Cast comedy on IG, TikTok. I'm not great at it. Once again, it's a little younger than my age. Chastity O'Mal, I believe, is my handle. Chastity. Chastity O'Mal. I think I made it in college. There's a lot of bullshit on there. Yeah. A lot of just like nothingness. But um, yeah, you guys can find me on there. And Carl, hopefully I'll see you like at a mic or a show. Always. I'm sure. That. We it rub was, elbows thank all you the so time. much for having me. This was sick. And I I will definitely like talk to you more um about the back end of things, like when I see you next. That sounds perfect. Okay, now Cassidy O'Malley. Everyone at home is poised to press play at the same time as we do here in the studio. We're going to watch this movie together. Okay, so why don't you go ahead, Cassidy O'Malley, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Hell yeah, I hope you guys really enjoy this movie. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, quite a snack, quite a (laughs) nice face to look at, right? All right, guys, enjoy the movie. I am going to do a countdown, and here we go. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian. That was really cool, Carl. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, thank you. We're going to start our movie from Mongrel Media. No, no, it's not. I mean, that's a promo thing. Yeah. Now, now we're seeing the real film. 50s film. I don't like this movie already. <laughs> well... When we open up, we're actually not watching this movie. We are watching B-roll footage from the film Mr. Deeds in 2002. Oh, the Adam Sandler movie? Yes. yes. <laughs> a few years ago. I, I got a house. My name is Mr. Deeds. Now, this, is, they, this starts out in Indiana, the hometown of our heroine. But okay. really, this is New Milford, Connecticut. And it's B-roll footage from the remake of Mr. Deeds in 2000. Here, what we're watching. Yeah, I don't think Sandman would leave the tri-state area to make a movie, right? <laughs> no, no. So this is all Mr. Deeds. Okay, I mean, I guess it's over now. Now okay. we're into our film, Principal Shooting. This started in 2008, even though this movie didn't release till 2015. It was a mess making me. this film. Tell me more. Well, I mean, they kept running out of money. You see, they started shooting in 2008, and the guy who provided the finance, who's a, who was a, who's a powerful man, but he was young to Hollywood, new to Hollywood, right. he claimed that the 2008 bubble, you know, like real estate bubble or whatever it was, the, the um, uh, what is it, default credit swaps, whatever that was. Yeah, the big short. Right. So, right, the big short. Uh, is fucking with their financing and the producers had to take 50% pay cuts and stuff. And uh, anyway, this thing didn't finally get done until it released until 2010. And the director was like, screw it. I'm Alan Smithy for this film. I'm not even gonna. He's Alan Smithy. Now this is not just any old director, right? This is not like some guy who just came out of it. No, I mean, we, we're looking at the list of people starring in this movie, and it's a fucking motley crew of actors. That's right. This is a major motion picture. David O. Russell was o. our Russell. director. David O. Russell. And I got a list here. Let me just tell you for the plot, though. We're meeting Alice, okay? Yeah. And Alice's mom is is uh, National Lampoon's vacation. Beverly D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo, yeah. Yeah. And he, and 
you know, the mom's proud. The mom and dad are proud of her. And this cop just came over and asked for her hand in marriage. Well, he, he, he knows them, right? Yes, they've been dating. This is... This is uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog sheriff. It is Sonic the Hedgehog. This guy, you'll know his face. Is, it's, his James. head is down right now. But it's Scott Beardsley. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, In James. real life, it's James Marsden. Yeah. He's Harry Lame. Do you ever see uh, Anchorman 2? Yes. I'm Harry Lime. And he made a bet that if he lost, he had to say his name was Harry Lame. Yeah. Lost. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm this actor. Uh, like Harry Lame. He, at the first time I ever encountered him, I was like, well, he's just Mr. Handsome, so therefore Mr. he's walking Handsome. through stuff, but he's not. He's not walking he, through it. I don't know if you ever sat through the TV show Westworld, but he has yes. such a vulnerability. Like, he seems like he, his heart is broken through every scene in that movie. It's he's a, a real actor. Show. He really is. Yeah, and he's friends with Sonic the Hedgehog. How cool is that? <laughs> now, right now, he's bragging about his glasses that he got. Uh-huh. Uh, these glasses are... Uh, Gosh, well, oh, they have headphones the, in them. The funny behind-the-scenes joke is that really they're the glasses that he got from X Men. He was in two X Men movies as the was guy, he, you know, Cyclops, Super Eye guy, Super Eye guy. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I remember him from Stan Lee's comic. Look out, Super Eye guy. Scott mentions Oakley on several occasions in the film. James Marsden wore Oakley eyewear in the X Men films. We're getting closer to the director's credit. Okay, so, yeah. Here we have a marriage proposal. And, you know, he's... The comic... The comedic punch here is that he's uh, so dumb. You know, but he's planned it all out and everything. But you see, there's a, there's a person all of a sudden using a nail gun, putting up a sign in the middle of people's dinner, and say, I'll be about 20 minutes. Now... To protect themselves, the producers did not film the nail actually hitting her head. She's going to get hit with that's, a nail gun. That's the whole plot, right? Is she yes. gets a nail into her head and her crazy adventures. Right. And so what we're going to see on state on screen here is actually CGI. When she gets hit with you got to watch quick because it's going to happen real fast. All right. My eyes are on see the screen. It's a still of her body. Like it's a still of her body falling over. Oh, hey, look, there's the guy from uh, that WrestleMania movie, Kurt Fuller. Okay. No, Kurt Fuller is in this film. This is not Kurt Fuller. I, oh, see, Kurt I Fuller. know why you say that. He's got he a funny, like, like low-class English accent. What happens to be the problem? He goes, well, there's a nail gun in the middle of my marriage proposal. Okay. My eyes are, I want to see this CGI nail. So the whole look, plot of this movie was fit. never shot. Ring doesn't fit. That's important. Okay. Keep watching because here it watching, comes. You'll my eyes are open. Computer generated. The whole movie is about a woman getting a nail on her head, and they never shot that scene. To protect themselves, you can't just release this movie without us. Here we go. That was it. Did you notice though? It was a still of her. Did that they, they moved diagonally. Like, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Stephen Greed, director. Now here we have. Yeah, right. It's not Alan Smithy. You're right. His name is Steve, uh, b -b 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 Stephen Green. Stephen Green. And somehow that's become the new. Okay, so they're doing serious brain surgery. They're all ready to do. And then wait, this woman has no insurance. Oh, no. 
Saturday Night Live guy says, okay, wrap it up. We're not doing brain surgery today. Oh, shit. His first surgeon was Barry? Mm-hmm. Good thing he fucking left. You watch the show Barry? No, I, I know it's streaming. It's the newest thing, and it's his it's, big deal. He made It's that. his big deal. Yeah, he writes right. and directs it. Last time I saw this guy was in Trainwreck with... Um, uh, oh, what's her name? Yeah. Amy Sh- uh, Sh- Amy yeah, Sh- Trainwreck. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's a good movie. I like him. I don't know what he's like personally. You know, uh, Barry's good. It's all right. I don't know. It's weird. I feel like we have nothing to say sometimes, and that's okay. Star of the HBO dark comedy series, Barry, which has been nominated for an Emmy Award. He is producer, writer, director. You know, Barry reminds me of those TV shows where they set up a premise, they do the premise, they have a second season, they do the premise, and then the third season, they're like, we did the premise. We just have these characters. Let's just throw the pinballs in the machine and batter up, you know, see what happens. So it it definitely is... uh, they do the premise, and then the third one. It's all right. Okay. It's kind of empty, but it's good. But look at him act. Now, Let's today, I don't have a Star Trek connection, but right now, the shadow is falling on your face, in which it's half dark and half white, and that was a serious Star Trek episode of the original series. So you, and it starred the Riddler, so you are our Star Trek connection today. I know. It's, uh, I have the screen door in the studio open during our shooting. Now, the whole debate here is how are we going to pay for this operation? And basically, everything they think of, they can't. Meanwhile, they're eating fries and burgers behind them. Yes, because they're showing they don't care about people if there's no insurance. And uh, James is backing out of his marriage proposal suddenly and suddenly. Is he gone for the rest of the movie, or is he going to be a pal for the for this? Oh, movie? he's going to be a main character throughout the whole film, and she—they're basically going through what could happen with this ailment. All sorts of, you know, she could drool all for the rest of her life. You know, if the if the nail moves and dislodges another part of her brain, then they say her sexual inhibitions will be down, and she goes, "Whoa, maybe I could finally have an orgasm." And he goes, "Hey." So private. It's so private. <laughs> private. <laughs> I like the Dutch angles, the Batman angles. Yes. And you, you've you got one right now, too. You Now you're immersed in the dark, but for I am. This, it's kind of cool. Too bad we're not watching you. Um, I have a big speech about the, the background of my villainess, I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, look, he takes the ring. What? And yeah, she's like, well, we have to get it resized, don't we? Does this mean we're not engaged anymore? Let's just see what the doctor said. Let's focus on getting that nail out of your head first, and then we'll see what happens. You know? No, I, so from what I know from this movie, and I, because I, I read about it, David O. Russell sits in him. He's a director who has a past. I mean, I'm happy to talk about what's on YouTube. Uh, well, let's talk about what's on YouTube. He okay. directed a movie called I Heart Huckabees, which is kind of a uh, film. You do love that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, an existentialist detective. So it's basically people with yeah. free time. But it was fun. You know, it was a fun movie. Everyone was game. Tell me there... that's on YouTube. I'd love to see that. Well, what's on YouTube are the outtakes. What's on YouTube <laughs> is David O. Russell screaming and yelling at Lily Tomlin. Yeah, there's a big deal about that. He has controversy with that. He yells at the actors when he gets really pissed off. Yeah. I got a list here. 
yeah, George Clooney, which he did Three Kings. He really fucking, and he, that guy was a TV guy at the time. So we could get yelled at. Lily Tomlin and also Amy Adams. Yeah. And he's American got a sexual assault allegation. Wow. I didn't know about that. Well, it's his transgender niece, and it occurred in 2011. Wait, what uh, happened? 19 year, I, we don't know the story, but accused of an alleged sexual assault of his 19-year-old transgender niece in 2011. Oh, that's garbage, man. That's blech. Yeah. So, first of all, we don't know if it's true. Right. But why is it getting reported if something you know, didn't happen, something happened, even if it's her accusing and it's not true or, or a misunderstanding, it's still ugly. And it probably isn't a misunderstanding or her accusing. I don't know. I don't know. That's just a little, you shouldn't. Uh... Yeah. All right. Well, he's kind of a hot mess and let's be generous. Now here uh, we have another love interest. Well, we, okay. We only saw her for a minute, but she likes James too. This, um, it's Christy, right? It's Christy Alley, and she is a veterinarian. <laughs> She's like expecting the wound. They're doing a fundraiser now. She goes, Cows can't tell you if it hurts. And then Christy pulls out her, Yes, they can. Her bruised up. <laughs> oh, there's now there's, there's my man. There's Kurt Filler. I saw him recently in a uh, Van. Ha oh, what was the Ren and Ryan's movie Van Housen? Or oh, whatever? right, right, right. I the I saw that because you told me to see it with from my Netflix DVD queue. Oh, and I'm so sorry. The thing is, it was a Van predictable under. You know, it's a movie that's been done before, but he did it well. Well, there was a sequel, like direct to video sequels. I saw one on HBO Max, and it had uh, Kurt Fuller as the uh, as the dean. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, it was but you know other than Kurt it was really just hard to watch. I why did I enjoy that film? I did enjoy it, but it was like are we really doing this? Okay, so he gets up there on the mic and he goes, "Okay, you're all under arrest." <laughs> Copy. Then the mic starts feeding back and everyone starts leaving and he's like, "Wait, don't go. Wait. Alice, I told you to have this ready. Wait." Basically, the fundraiser is a dud, but we've met Tracy Morgan in the back there. Yeah, there's Tracy Morgan. And Kurt Fuller. Now, the thing is, Kurt Fuller has a medical condition in which he always has a boner. And <laughs> the priest. Tracy Morgan has a medical condition in which his anus is prolapsed. It's like a sticking out big hole. So basically what we're getting here is if you don't, if this is the nail making her aggressive and she's fired now. Oh, That's no. bad for business. She was good for business initially. Right. So this is all about healthcare. This whole movie is about if you don't have healthcare, you're screwed. And the person who wrote it is the daughter of Al Gore. Who is who is wrote for Futurama. She's like a big writer. Yes, she did. She did write yeah. for Futurama. In fact, she got her dad on that show. Oh, is that right? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, I like that show, but I came to it late. So there's a million episodes, you There's know? a million episodes. Well, because the show started off in, since, you know, in 1999. It's this premise of a thousand, a millennium later, and it was on Fox, and it was on, like, the 7 p.m., you know, family hour. And I remember a coworker like, I can't believe they're showing this. They're having orgies. <laughs> and 
they canceled the show and ah. Cartoon Network, no, Comedy Central kept airing it. Cartoon Network started airing it and they said, oh my God, we have a cash cow. It was on Cartoon Network. The reruns were like out the roof. So Cartoon Network. So it was uh, com- so fun. It was so the- funny. That it but got uncancelled. Uncancelled. And they did like a, you know, back then DVDs were big. So they had a DVD movie, which, co- you know, their move, full-length movies have like four segments that could, four, like, they have three half-hour segments with like yeah. three sitcom plots in those half-hour. Clearly. So it's a movie, but it could be broken into like three parts. So now the veterinarian, Chris, Kirstie Alley, is trying to take out the nail. And there's lots of comedic stuff about how she doesn't give a shit. She's like, anesthesia. And they give her scotch. She starts drinking. Right. And then Kirstie Allen has it. Kirstie, she has a shot. Okay, now ah. she's going to freak out. Oh, because she's had the nail in her head. She's unbalanced. Right, exactly. And Kirstie Alley was not doing a good job. He goes, this is when we put the cow down. You know, Russell made a movie, uh, I think it was him, called Joy. It's this weird movie. It has, um, Jennifer Lawrence was in a bunch of his movies. I think they were dating at one point, but it's um, about. Are you sure about? Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably okay, wrong. He did do a lot of big movies. He did, um, he did the Silver Linings Playbook. He did American Hustle. I mean, he's right. done major films. I Heart Huckabee's Three Kings, flirt. well, um, that's nuts. There was one called The Fighter, which I think was with Is that the, um, Christian Bale. Right, I didn't see that. So there was a movie he did called Joy from 2015, and it was a true life story of a woman who goes on Home Shopping Network and mm-hmm. sells a mop. Mm-hmm. And I, to this day, I've never seen it, but it sounds like an interesting movie, right? It's worth seeing. She's a strong character who has a vision. She's in her home sort of like as a... uh... (laughs) She goes, why don't you put the wedding ring on this finger? And she flips him the bird. (laughs) I met Jennifer Beale. Exiting. He's breaking up. And Tracy Morgan's like, that's cold. He's breaking up with her because she's a crazy person. In front of everybody. Well, he's already married. You've seen Sonic, right? He can't cheat on his wife. Uh, this is a different film. You said oh, different works film. In film. Yeah, he plays a character, and all earlier characters he plays, he's just he's divorced from. That's not. So he doesn't have either. eye powers. One of his big comedic things is he's always doing the percentage. There's a thirty-five percent chance that I still like you. So if you get your head fixed, come back and see me. Stuff like that. The guy is cruel. Yes, the guy is, well, he's like self-centered more than he's cruel. Now, Kristen Gore wrote three books. Um, she wrote a book called Sammy's Hill in 2004, which was all about healthcare, And that's what this film was based on. She also did Sammy's House and Sweet Jimmy. I don't know these things. Yeah, I mean, neither. Was part of this, she was did a documentary called Arctic Tale she wrote. She was a writer for Futurama, and she was a sketch comedy writer for Saturday Night Live. Pretty cool. She's got her own chops. She really does. Uh, It might have been that she kind of got paid attention to and launched because she was somebody important's daughter. But yeah, that that only lasted. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't. She could 
follow through with having talent. Now, check this interesting quote out. Credit. In 1999, Gore sang backup vocals on Diva Zappa's comedy single called When the Bell Drops about Zappa's hunt for someone to make out with on the millennium. And Tipper Gore played the drums on the recording. Tipper <gasps> Gore. Tipper Gore? Mm-hmm. A, pox, a pox of popular music, Tipper Gore? Yes, the one yeah. who wanted the dangerous... Okay, so now she is going to bump into a commercial from this House of Representatives guy in Washington and who says, if you have a problem, come see me. I will help you. And it's going to get into her brain that she should go to Washington. And the parents are opposed to it. And the cop comes back. She's like, oh, are you here Because to get back together with me? He goes, no, I'm here just to pick up my sander. I also wanted to see if you've got your brain fixed, and clearly you didn't. Yeah, clearly you didn't. So he's against Washington, too. But Kevin Fuller and Tracy Morgan are like, yes, let's go to Washington. Maybe he can help me with my prolapsed anus and, and my, my permanent cardiac. Do you say, put something on that doesn't stress out your daughter? So all these <laughs> all explosions. Oh, here there we go. He is. Oh, it's Jake. Yes, it is Jake. Who we know from seeing um, Donnie Darko. Donnie the movie. Darko, right. Yeah. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff like the last couple of years. Just the range of this guy is pretty cool. Yeah, Donnie Darko really made him like a big star. Yeah. But he had, had stuff ahead of that. And he goes on to do a lot of. He went. He was Brokeback Mountain, the controversial film. Yeah. Um, well, he did a movie for Netflix. It was uh, the director of Snowpiercer. It was about a giant pig. And his character is so, like, unhinged. It was just, like, a chance for him to kind of let it all out. And it was pretty yeah. cool. You know, and, of course, Nightcrawler. I don't know if you saw that. That was great. He was the wickedest, great. evilest person in Nightcrawler. Fucking gave Rene Russo fucking headache. <laughs> oh, he's back, Beersley. He's just back to pick up his sander. Oh, right, the sander. He's like, what's this Washington business? We're going to go get my brain fixed. He goes, that is the crazy brain talking crazy thoughts. That's not going to help you get better. I'm here to pick up. You're here to pick up the sander? No, I'm here to pick up Sandman. He's uh, shooting Mr. Deeds, and I thought I would. (laughs) So um, Jake, he was the son of a director and the. Uh, and the mom was a screenwriter. So he was in City Slickers as a kid. Wow, did not know. He was in Dangerous Woman, Homegrown, but his breakthrough performance was October Sky in 99. Not to me, but then Donnie Darko. That's when he blew up. He was in a film called Day After Tomorrow, which was wildly popular just because of its plot and its global warming message. But it was really Donnie Darko. He was in Source Code, which I loved, and he was Mysterio, which I didn't love, but in Spider-Man. Can I tell you my beef with with Mysterio and Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you've ever seen the original Batman, there was like such hype for that Batman. It was everywhere, and everyone went. And in the movie, Joker says, hey, I'm having to throw a parade where I'm going to give money out. And all these greedy guys come. They can't wait to make money off of this, and he kills them all. And I thought, (laughs) how crass is this movie where... They're doing. It seems like we're the we're being jokered. We're being convinced. <laughs> we'll make a lot of money, and then like yeah. So the same thing in Mysterio. 
he tricks a bunch of dumb rubes with special effects. With right. CGI. He scams Peter Parker. But he scams us. We're the audience. We're watching CGI. Are you saying I'm an idiot to believe CGI? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do, do, am I clear on this? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's an insult to the audience, just as much as Joker's parade killing off all the greedy people. Oh, it's an insult to the audience, not a not a switcheroo on No, them. it's like no, it's saying you're so stupid you'll take CGI as entertainment. It's just a trick. You know, using now I'm using CGI against you. you <laughs> now look, this ah, she thinks she's been shot by a nail gun. They're coming to see the representative, and this is uh, Kiki. Why did they bring a nail gun to the? It isn't Kiki. It's Ray. Ray. Oh darn it! The last name is Jackson, according to the. Yeah, she. Why can't? Why isn't her credit jumping out at me? She's been in a bunch of things. But for our plot, Tracy Morgan is about to, like, fall in love with her and ask her out. And they're like, where are you going? We came here to see the representative. And she goes, that's how quick it happens in our community. Is he good in this movie, Tracy Morgan? Yes. Yes, he is. I mean, he doesn't blow up the screen. You're not hilariously laughing. All of his stuff is you're shocked. He's saying things that are going too far or inappropriate. But that doesn't mean he's not doing his job. Here it is. Ray Ray, Ray, Rakesha Jackson. Her name's Melinda Williams. She was in High School High, which I loved. Which I love. Yeah, with John Levitt. She was in The Wood in 99. She was in Thin Line Between Love and Hate in 96. Wow. She's kind of gone away, but she, she, she does her part. She's good in this film. She's really a B character. Okay, so they're finally gonna find Howard Birdwell. Um, the House of Representatives freshman congressman. Now, this takes place all before uh, Obamacare, right? Well, that's the ironic thing. It was made in 2008, extremely relevant to the health care uh, debate. And by 2015, when it came out, that was over. So they sold it as a romantic comedy more at, than a political commentary. They're like, he's busy with important legislation. He's on the phone talking about sex isn't so great. You know, there's, it's great during that moment, but then you're tied in with some woman. Sorry, he can't see you. Oh, here she comes. She's the speaker of the house. She, whatever he, she says goes, you know. Oh, she's supposed to be like Nancy Pelosi? Yes. Yes, she is. That's really what they're trying to do. This is Catherine Keener. Yeah. Oh, she's great. She is great. And she always plays uh, strong women who are uh, like under pressure and kind of cracking. She was in Being John Malkovich, of course, and she was in Capote playing these kinds of... uh, Pee Wee Herman, but it's not Pee Wee Herman. It's Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens, which is actually Paul Rubens' film. Right, when he was born. Right. Now, he is good in this film. Again, though, he doesn't blow up the screen, just like Tracy Morgan, but he absolutely does his role, and you laugh every now and again. He's my, like my, the my brother's staff. My brother still receives Christmas cards every year from Pee Wee Herman. Cool. Boy, if he heard this, he would hate us for saying... Pee-wee oh, Herman. oh, right. Well, no, I mean, he's known as Pee Wee Herman. 
He embraced it at the time when his HBO special came out and he really blew up and he had the CBS series. But then he was caught masturbating in Sarasota, Florida, and like he wanted to get away from Pee Wee after that. I remember that controversy and he disappeared, but then he showed up on MTV, MTV? which is one of the reasons he got huge going and he had gained weight. He was in front of an entire crowd and they were cheering for him and happy. And then he stops everything and looks at the crowd. He goes, heard any good jokes lately? It was so funny because everyone knew exactly what he was talking about. The best. Well, you know, it's interesting, like him as an actual actor, like outside of the character. Yeah, he's, he's done blow. He's in mystery man. He has, he's yeah. like a farting power. He uh, flight of the navigator. Oh, I think. Flight of the Navigator from the 80s, I think he did a voice. Like, I remember, like, whoa, Pee-wee has other roles. Yeah, well, no, he, this guy fell into Pee-wee, and it's like, okay, if that's what makes me popular, I will embrace it. But he right. started as, like, a um an improv guy, and, okay. Yeah, so... he's actually, you can see him in Cheech and Chong's ne- next movie. Right. He was part of the Groundlings, him and Edie okay. McClure, the yeah. cocaine waiter. He goes, he goes, oh, nose, I've got one, too. He goes, remember he went under the table? Yeah, I remember. Uh, Rubens joined the Los Angeles troupe, the Groundlings, in the yep. 70s and started his career as an improvisational comedian and stage actor. In 82, he began appearing in a show about a character he'd been developing for years, Pee Wee Herman's show. It ran sold out for five months, and then HBO produced a special. Boom, he blew up. Blew up. And that had Phil Hartman in it, who was a Groundling yes. guy. And I have, was not very famous at the time. Did I, I have a joke about the groundlings. Mm. So I was uh, walking my dog on Melrose and I, so embarrassing. I didn't have a bag and my dog takes this giant shit right outside of the groundling theater. Uh-huh. And the stage manager comes out and goes, did you know your dog? Do you know there's, you just shat outside the groundling improvisational theater? And I said, yes. And? Ah, that's a joke from. The improv, yeah, yeah, the method of improv acting. Very not funny, but very, very clever, Mike. I will not be Gee. doing that, that at the open mic. I've been doing that joke every time I had. Originally, I took a shit outside the theater. And I thought, <laughs> that's a little too extreme. Maybe yeah. if my dog did it. And then I have a follow-up okay. joke. Okay, they have been rejected, okay? And so she's sort of wandering the halls, not knowing what to do. And she's going to bump into Jake, our House of Representatives, and her nail is going to start making her act crazy. And this is going to be the one where the sexual inhibitions are lowered. Okay. And they are going to have a moment. Because he's a sex hound. Uh, he is. Watch how the hands keep shaking. They're very soft hands, kid. Now she's married to Justin Timberlake in in real life. That's what I was gonna say. One time, I uh, I think I saw her in L.A. Oh no, I take it back. My Justin Timberlake, uh, when he was dating Cameron Diaz, this is like decades ago. He left a restaurant. They left a restaurant together, and I I nearly got bumped into them. Uh huh. Yeah, I was with a kid at the time. I was like, whoa. I'm like, oh, whoa, hey. <laughs> I got brushed by greatness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, 
they have two children together, Justin Timberlake and her. Um, you'll know her. She was, you know, okay. At first I was like, oh, she was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was like her break. But then I saw 2003. Yeah, 2003. Uh, the Rules of Attraction, Blade, Stealth, The Illusionist. Uh, I now pronounce oh. you Chuck and Larry. Yeah, that's right. She was the uh, wife. She was the but love interest in A-Team. Was she in like a big TV show? Like I get her an Alba, Jessica Alba mix up just because they both I have four letter names. My uh, only credits for her are in the movies. Look, she's starting to get sexually aroused now. Wow. Uh, she was in Total Recall and Hitchcock. Uh, yeah. She's, she's worth her chops. She's worth her chops. You know, she plays herself in uh, BoJack Horseman. Uh -huh. Does a lot of like, you know, jokes at her expense type things. Now she's apologizing. She's saying this nail in my head is making me, this is very inappropriate. And Jake is like, it's inappropriate out, out here, but in this office, uh, it's totally fine. Now this, this movie was going to be released by the charming name Nailed. Right. Nailed is how, this was the original name. And obviously Gore was behind it. She was a co-writer. So she right. was supporting changing the name. And Nailed was an appropriate title. Now, in this scene, she has an orgasm for the first time. First and that'll time. be a distinctive difference between the cop and the House of Representatives guy. See, the problem with these Alan Smithy movies is you can't tell which is Russell and which is just shit. Like, this is a pretty elaborate scene. I, I got to say that about this film. S filming was stopped 14 times due to actors not getting paid. 14 Ridiculous. times. But... Wow, that's a great boob shot. I now love her. But, <laughs> but when you watch this film from start to finish, it doesn't feel disjointed. You know what yeah. I mean? And the actors are doing their jobs and the, there's no plot holes because things got messed up from the shooting. Everything really works, is working out fine. So I don't, maybe it, he was right to disassociate himself with this film, perhaps. But, but yeah. It is an okay film. And when you ask me at the end of the thing, what did you think of this movie? I'm going to tell you I liked it. Now, was it coherent? Because obviously we're talking over yeah. this movie. so I, And it seems like a talking film to begin with. So It is a talky film, yeah. And we're, we're missing a million funny jokes because we talk over it, you know? Yeah. Like, you... Fritz, they want, he wants, he, he says, like, I want you to, she's like, I want you to fix this in my head and I want you to fix my friends. We want to make a healthcare bill. And he's like, well, if you want to do that, you can, you need to support our moon base bill. Uh. She goes, what? And he goes, well, in Washington, you get something when you give something. And she goes, we just had sex. And he goes, well, no, I mean, politically. And she's like, oh, the moon base is important because it keeps us safe and non-blown up. There's That's pretty funny. There's funny jokes like that. You see, Gore's doing the, like, politician ridiculousness, you know? And we saw all that with the Nancy Pelosi character going, you have to support the moon base? Why do I have to? Well, it keeps us safe and non-blown up. And the moon is my church. And it's uh, this country deserves <laughs> a military base on it. So you go, okay, I'm behind you. Now, as someone who's watched this movie, Carl, and have you watched Don't Look Up? Like, is this better yeah, than Don't Look Up? Yeah. Which which do you think is a better film? Great question, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I think 
Okay, they share the similarity of political hypocrisy and bullshit. That is true. Uh, but in, in, in Don't Look Up, it was all the ignorance of the people in power thinking of the short term about their political, as if it was never going to happen. The, the asteroid was, they weren't yeah. thinking about the long, this film doesn't really share that. This film is just all about exposing the bullshit. So right now, Fuller is like saying like, wow, I can't believe you got him to support our health care just from a conversation in the hallway. And she goes, well, yeah, well, that's all that happened. You know, I didn't sleep with him or anything. And he don't accuse me. And he goes, I'm not accusing you of that. And then she starts chewing on that thing and going, you're looking very sexy. Did you do something with your hair? And he goes, I don't have any hair. Fuller. We're missing all this oh, stuff. Looks, this looks all great. Well, uh, Ray Ray, Riri, she does watercolors. Oh. I like what she did with the shading there. So she's sympathetic to your health problems. No, I didn't tell her about my health problems. Well, that's cute. Private, her, his backside is prolapsed. It happens. See, this is what I mean, like, He's doing his job in this film. He's doing what the script says. But right. his comedic points are all like his inhibitions are super low. He just says. He does his job in this film. So in this film research, I had to find out about his car accident, the bus accident on the. Yeah. In 2014. And I find out from researching it that a guy named Harry Stanton. Uh-oh, is that his name? Is a person I performed with at Scotty's. I had no idea it was him. Uh, he seems perfectly fine. He was in the car? Yes, he was. And, of course, it doesn't tell me any research about what happened to him, but everything right. that happened to Tracy Morgan. Um, uh, Harris Stanton. Harris Stanton. He's a very funny man. He's an um, African-American comedian and... I mean, he just, he's a headliner. Uh, so he was hurt in this. I don't know the details of what happened to him. I just thought it was neat that I happened to know him. Now, I don't know him like, if he saw me go, hi, Carl. I don't know him like I could call yeah. him or something. No, that, that accident happened in New Jersey, right? Yeah, it happened on the turnpike, uh, very south. It was a Walmart uh, tractor trailer. A guy yeah. named Roper. And in court, they must have said, Mr. Roper. Mr. Roper. And then um, you were like, teehee. He had been, he didn't exceed the limit of driving in the trailer, in the truck itself. He, he hadn't slept. Walmart said, you got to do a shipment. He had to drive like four hours to pick up the truck. So he hadn't slept for 24 hours. But on his stuff, on his sheet, he was just starting out the truck. So the count of, you know, so that's what happened. He dozed off, hit another vehicle. It pushed into the bus, which flipped over. Yeah. He was, uh, Morgan was helicoptered to New Brunswick where they operated on his, like he had a broken femur and he's been affected from this. He has trouble remembering things, a short-term memory. It was pretty he, bad. Yeah. What's happening now is the quid pro quo. You come and speak about our moon base, and then we will give you the health care bill you're looking for. 
But the Girl Scouts, who are really called the Girl Squad, they're right, going to make a cookie for the moon base. And they're all pretending to be behind, be behind the moon base. I do always like movies where they sneak in like a rainbow flag heart, which is one of the uh, emblems that they have. Of homosexual. Yeah, so the the girl squad, one of the uh, patches on her thing is is a heart with a rainbow. Oh, okay. Later in this thing, Nancy Pelosi is going to accuse them of being lesbians. The, You'll the see. squad? Yeah, to like ruin support. All right, why don't you listen? Because she's going to turn it around from the nail. Really just a real person who's just really trying hard to get colored glue and paint for the children in his district. He's talking about the representative. He's really going to help me really going to help everybody with the military moon base. How? Well, number one, listen, protects us. It makes the moon like one of our states, keeping us safe and non-blown up so we can figure out better non-blown up. Service and color <laughs> for all. That's how it works, America. First things first, rock on moon base. Moon base first and then the healthcare bill. So don't mention the healthcare bill and she did. We missed it. That's great. Oh shit! Natural at being. Wait, what? Carl. Carl, I just got. Uh, I just got kicked out. Well, we can't stop for our audience. Okay. I know. Okay, so right. the audience still watching. They almost kiss. Like he's they're coming. starting to get more than a sexual attraction for each other because he, she just complimented him for like trying to help children. So now they're going to like it's like a fake after party. In which they're celebrating. What and- time do you have on your clock? Okay. I'm going to hop back in. Okay. Uh, 40 and 25, 26, 27, 40. Get around 40, 30, and I'll tell you. Okay. I'm at 40, 30 right now. Okay. 40, 37, 8, 39, 40, 40, 40, 41, 40, 42. Are you close enough or you want to? Tell me when you get to 48. Just tell me when you get to 48. Okay. It's too late. All right. Um, I'm at, you get to another point and I'm at 40, 54. Okay. Basically, this is a feel good scene. Like he's got a girlfriend. They're going to get attention from the bill. Jake and Jessica Beale are falling in love. Yeah. The center was at this. Fuller's got his big, he just had his big boner problem and Tracy Morgan's got his butt problem. I'm at forty-one fourteen. You tell me what you want me to tell you about. No, I'm I'm at, I'm at I'm at the same time. Okay, I'm at, I'm at eighteen right now, so it's good. Oh boy, what are you right now? Uh, Kurt's holding his dick. Now what is right now? Oh, uh, I'm at twenty-nine. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm two seconds ahead of you. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. So look, they whoa, she just hit the nail. <gasps> So something's going to happen. And what it is, she just revealed. Why don't you listen for a second? They're falling in love. I'm a couple seconds behind you. That's fine. I can see it now from the lips, but it's fine. Okay, you know what? Mute it, because that'll wreck up me doing it on YouTube, because I'll try to make the sound sync. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, Carl. Darn, darn, darn. I can do the sound. If you can hear it. Nobody understood I hear it. You're wrong. 
So he never wanted to be a representative. He wanted to be like a park ranger kind of guy. <laughs> See, they're falling in love. No, you're not damaged goods. No. <laughs> it's so funny because like they fall in love, but he's still a skunk. He's still a right. skunk the whole time. And she, like, not respects his skunkiness, but she never, like, he'll be a skunk and then she'll be like, I'm mad at you. You were a skunk. And then he's, like, heartwarming and appealing. <laughs> and she goes back with him. But he never, like, stops being a skunk. But at the same time, he never promises that he's gonna. It's, like, well-written. There were three writers on this thing. It wasn't... Um... I noticed that. It was like a hodgepodge of writers. Carl, why don't you talk about the writers? I'm going to go... Uh... What? Okay, so as you know, we've talked about Kristen Gore uh, being a large part of this. And she didn't just write the book. She also helped writing the screenplay. So there's this team called... Dave, uh, called, right? Dave Jesser and Matt Silverstein are the co-writers, and they're just partners mostly in TV together. Uh, Dave Jester, American television writer and co-creator with Matt Silverstein of Drawn Together, also written for other TV shows, including Third Rock from the Shun, The Man Show, Action, Greg the Bunny, Axe Cop, Goody Family, The Cleveland Show, and they created the MTV animated comedy DJ and Fro in 2009. When you go to read Matt Silverstein's credits, they're identical. So these guys just write together, and that's what they're doing here on this film, too. So we're not hearing the sound, of course, but th there is a bond going on here between the two of them that will endure throughout the rest of the film. And she's like, before, the nail made me kind of promiscuous, but this is not a nail promiscuity. You see the x-ray? Okay, it's the next day, and they did it. Now, I told you that this film doesn't feel disjointed because there were so many interruptions in the production, but I got to say that this one scene kind of does feel that way. And the, for the first time ever, we're seeing the skunk, in because he's she's talking about the healthcare bill, and he knows that bill ain't coming. I hope Mike comes back because we're seeing James Brolin. James Brolin, he's the father of Thanos. But the reason he has this part is James Kahn was originally contracted and hired to do th this guy's part. But he had disagreements over the death scene. And we know our director fights and fights and fights with actors. He quit production. Here comes Mike. Mike, we're seeing James Brolin, okay? Keep James, on Brolin, Brolin, Brolin. Thanos' father. We're seeing, yeah, Brolin, Brolin. But the thing is, James Kahn was supposed to play his part, and they were filming it, and it says that they had creative differences with how the this guy dies, okay? So you're talking about a film where they had no financing, that they, the actors ha couldn't get paid, and on top of that, they had to deal with Jimmy Kahn? <laughs> At this point in the filming, there was none of that trouble, okay? 
now you know our actor our director fights with his actors we don't know what happened it just said creative differences james khan walked off the set he said fuck this i'm not doing the scene this way and he left and you have james to watch Rowan that he said i'll do it i'll do it i'm not doing anything now we know james brolin from night of the hunter juggler keep saying right right he was our star and he did a great job he yeah, was an he's actor adventure action i forget the action film guy it was terrific in it it was terrific you know it's funny about james brolin and again i don't want to name drop but i did see james brolin and barbara strikes at a movie theater did you like, almost bump into him now i think i know this story yeah though no, they were like we went to see like the station agent or something like that i think it was with my mom and everyone was like, James Brolin and Barbara Streisand yeah. are in the audience. It was like such a great moment. Like everyone was, you know, absolutely respectful, but it was like, can you believe You're lucky I wasn't there, Mike. Because while that film was going, <laughs> I would wait till some scene I didn't like. And I would say, this movie would have been so much better with James Brolin. <laughs> I would have absolutely done that. Oh, I would have said, this is such a great, such a funny movie. I was rolling in the aisles. <laughs> This film's funny. People are just brawling in the aisles and some and in their seats. He's like Josh and James, like when it comes to like Hollywood royalty, they're both really good actors. Mm -hmm. You know, his son's not a bad actor at all. No, he's not a bad actor. See, the thing is like you get a famous parent and then it's your turn. And if you're not good, Holly Shore, you're going to get what's coming to you. But you will get what's coming. you are good, yeah, you become, you know, Jennifer Garner or, you know, you, if you are good, you earn your place. But then there's like people like Lily Rose Depp, you know, who I watched all those Kevin Smith movies where she, she acted in it. Uh -huh. And it was like, I don't know, I guess she's okay. She's been doing other roles. It is kind of hard to kind of, uh oh, this girl squad's going off. Well, they're finding out that the healthcare bill is not happening, even though they supported the moon base. So now they're going to become opposed. Now, look, he has an allergy to nuts, but they mistakenly think that he is choking. So he's doing the Heimlich maneuver, but look how he's in the sternum. That's not where you do it. That's right. where you... Now, look, his boner is bonking the representative. Then for some reason, they think he's having a heart attack. Or, or, or maybe he does have a heart attack. But this is all because of the allergic peanut. Yes. Allergy <laughs> He's going, no, no, he doesn't want that, Tracy. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, Tracy Morgan's part in this whole, his comedic thing in this whole, is being inappropriate. And so now they're plugging in. Whoa. You shouldn't do that on your own. Like, a doctor should be playing with that shit. That's right. He yeah. goes, let me do it. Let me do it. But Nancy Pelosi will really kick out the plug. You see, we missed it because we don't listen. But James right. Brolin was hijacking the moon base. And he was going to totally take credit for everything. And so Nancy Pelosi is getting, you know, she's pretending right now. We're going to save him. Even though she unplugged it. Yeah. Now, Paul Rubens uh. was the only one who saw her do that. And he will. there will be a very funny scene. See, it's not so hilariously funny, but he's such a good actor. Maybe we should hear the sound for that part. Sure. This is his, um, this is the funeral of James Brolin now. Now, James Brolin was Speaker of the House, so 
I should stop calling her Nancy Pelosi. That's not polite. Um, she just has the same hairstyle and the same role. Representative Pam Hendrickson. Okay, whoa, I'm whoa, 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 Pelosi. whoa, whoa! Back up. Who's this? This is the the rival love interest for Jessica Biel with the cop, and he's look, look. I told you there was a 35% chance I like her still. Look at her on TV. She's blowing up. It's just become 60-40. And she's like, but her head is damaged. He goes, okay. 55-45. But still, Uh, I love her. It's like, your numbers mean nothing to me. And she storms out. Oh, yeah. That's when they were televising the funeral. They had that argument. God, I have I can't tell you how many televised politician funerals I've watched where I get into an argument. So Nancy Pelosi is going to hijack the death of the Speaker of the House. She's going to become Speaker of the House, and she's going to get a lot of well, okay, she's going to go out there and have her moment, her national moment. And Jessica Beale's essentially going to steal that from her and turn it into the moon base. Gotcha. Now here comes, I got to play the sound. Here's Pee-wee. Paul Rubens. Yeah. Are you still being bitter? Because if you can't stop being weird, get away from me. <laughs> feeling guilty for some reason? Feeling guilty? Why should I feel guilty? Alex, why do you want to plug the wire? Outrageous. He is such a good actor, and it's just the problem is he never gets real roles. You know what I mean? Like yes. it always seems like a novelty that oh yeah, Pee Wee playing it. It's never like now watch his facial expression. She's like, you need to support me, and he's like, oh, like he has to. He knows he has to. What were you saying about uh, Paul Rubens? Is that oh, it's just that I think like when he when you see him not as Pee Wee, it always feels like stunt casting. Unfortunately. Like, he just doesn't have the opportunity to just, like, this movie gets to be his comedic self. It would be great for him to have a starring role uh, in a major motion picture today. Yeah. Um, So, as you know, he had his controversy with the masturbating thing. But, you see, back then, it was much more taboo than today. Uh, Today, with internet porn, like, comedians always talk about it. And it's sort of, like, public that, like, everybody does it. I can think of two recent incidents. The late Fred Willard went into a like old school, got caught in a raid at an old school Los Angeles porn theater. Yes. The guy, you know, and then um, it was just another thing that happened. God. Okay, so Paul Rubens got accused of being a pedophile. That was because he had all of this memorabilia. I think they were calling it kitsch stuff. And then the guy who was... Uh, he was the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was oh Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, they like shared some sort of sexual art together. Yeah, right? but it wasn't about kids. It was about horniness. Like they're over. But Jeffrey Jones is a sex offender. Okay, I believe it. I'm just saying yeah. Paul Rubens got in the hurricane of his storm. They went over to his house and confiscated all this memorabilia he had. There was a lot of gay porn magazines. There was a lot of old grainy films, you know, Super 8. Yeah. Um, But some of that contained inappropriate child stuff. Now, I don't know if that means a 14-year-old or a 7-year-old, okay? But in Paul Rubin's defense, and I'm not defending him too strongly because I kind of don't know details. He had all this memorabilia, and they... 
went and found the needles in the haystack, you yeah. know? He did not read all of those uh, gay muscle magazines, and he did not watch all of these. You know, he had shelves and shelves of 16-millimeter and 8-millimeter old films. So that got him in trouble again. And since he had the one incident, people were ready to... And people were ready. Yeah. Because yeah. it was also, too good to be true. It was too good to be true. What? A kid's uh, host got caught in, you know, yeah, sexual right. depravity? Too good yeah. to be true. Captain Kangaroo all over again. What was Captain Kangaroo? Uh, he was, a, he was, he did some sex stuff. I don't know. So the most recent celebrity that's in a con sex controversy is Bob Odenkirk. Oh, that's Bob too Ode bad. Bob Odenkirk faved and was a faved and only fan foot fetish site. Uh, and people real it went public like, hey, did you know Bob Odenkirk liked the foot fetish? And he unliked it. And wow. for like four days on Twitter, that's all I read where people were like, give the man a break. He's allowed to, he's Bob Odenkirk. He's allowed to like feet. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's not really a, it's a kink. It's not really. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Jake was saying to Jessica Peel, I'm sorry, but the healthcare bill's not happening. I mean, it's all about the moon base and this guy died and that's going to steal the thunder. And she goes, watch this. And she gets up there and says that his last dying words were support the health care bill. Great. And Clever. she turns the chi around of the whole death of this guy to the health care bill and the widows behind it. And Nancy Pelosi's angry. Angry. It's getting robbed. So James Conn only was supposed to be in one scene, right? Yeah. That guy was in one scene. He died. Yep. And he couldn't take it. He walked take it. out. Let's listen for a second. Okay, you got it? No, I'll do it because, yeah. Yeah, I'm out of sync. Can you hear it? Not well, right? Not well. It never stopped us before. <laughs> His last dying words were... Oh, look at Keener. No. That's right. No. <laughs> yeah, she's great. I love the Kathleen. Look how she's becoming defeated. Like it's too late. Yeah. Oh, everyone's a tearing. <laughs> the political handler can't believe it. She nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. She's saying that the people, the representatives in Congress have excellent Cadillac health care plans. And why can't all Americans have that? Look, she's still trying to go and the widower is stopping her. Widow is stopping her. See, he was absolutely against public health care, and she's saying he flipped on his deathbed. And the widow was like, it's true. You see Jake's face? Yeah. They're turning this health care bill around. You see, that's why he's like a skunk, but not a skunk. He's so excited that she's getting her health care bill. There's the girl yeah. squad. Now, something happens that I don't understand in the plot, and I've seen this. This is my fourth time. They... They call upon Jake, and he's, like, about to get caught for something. I, I'm not clear on what it is, so he goes and runs away. Uh, look how he's yeah, making yeah. <laughs> He's so angry. That would suck. Oh, wait. 
that is, gonna... they point at Jake and he starts to make his assumption. Yeah, he's walking out of there. He's accused of or in trouble for. That's why I do like Jake going hall. Like, that was a pretty broad move walking across the pews during a funeral. Yeah, and he and just aces it. Facial expression <laughs> while he's going, I'm getting away, I'm going to get caught. He's a, love, he's a good actor. Yeah. I don't know, like, if it's just too much CGI, but sometimes when I see stuff, I go, oh, they don't physically do that. Like, yeah. he did walk across the he pew. He did walk. Okay, so now that we're going to get the I'm falling in love with you, and he's a skunk. Let me turn it up. Okay. Transform the chi over to our cause. I think we're synced up, Carl. Put up your sound. You're a little behind. No, no, no. Push me. Push me. All right. Sorry. I've been trying all day. Now, look, they're going to fall in love right now, or they're going to admit it. Oh man, Sonic is gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> he is, he is. Now, Tracy will say something inappropriate. Right. Now, Kurt, Kurt Fuller gave an interview. Yeah. Uh, and it was her. He's gonna play when he goes out the window because he lies to her face and she still is in love with him. You'll see. All right. Right now she says, She's saying, I'm a dead man because of what just happened here. Maybe that's what it is. He put Jessica Beal up. She thinks he put Jessica Beal up to this. I'm not sure. I so look, he says, I'm going to stay here and fight for you as he's escaping out the window. Out the window. Well, everyone's watching. Would she would wander far away, would remain in the wilderness, haunting the dark. From folks go crazy into the shit house red and let you down. And Vino. A complicated, beautiful man. He's a complicated, beautiful man, and he's not gonna let me down. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, they got the cookies. That's right. That they made a cookie for the moon base. And now they're having a get together about how they've gotten screwed over, and she's apologizing to them. Is this like, I trusted. Is this a Godfather joke with the five families? No, no. That I can see why you would think that. Uh, look at that! He got flip phones. Yeah, he's got. That's how old this movie off. was. Look, she see? has all those badges. I don't like that because she didn't earn those badges. She might have been. She's a good roller skater. She might have got a She's roller skater. She's honorary member. They just put her in the girl squad. Right. Oh, it says new members wanted for lapels. Now they're going to have a new cookie 
with a nail sticking into a brain. Okay, this movie's stupid. It's their new well, no, but they're trying to say how stupid politics is and Oh, they're selling the cookies. Right. Now they're going to get support and it's an unrealistic movie scene. Well you no, she's roller skating again. That's back. the character. That's like a good director. They can't let something they can't leave it alone. Like if right. they show roller skating in the first scene, she's gonna be roller skating again. Okay, so now we got to stop this. We got to nip this in the bud. This is fucking bullshit. They're raking us over the coals. They're going to ruin the moon base, and they're going to push this healthcare bill through. We got to stop it. So now they're strategizing on how they're going to do that. I was just thinking, like, Pee-wee looks like he has, like, a headset and a, and a pencil in, in his ears, and right. I was right. Yeah. Right. He's got his Bluetooth. Now, this was 2008, so cell phones came out just one year earlier. So that's why you're seeing the flip phones. Right. Well, this is, this is their commercial pretending that someone's in trouble for healthcare. I'll operate. You see the blood? <laughs> oh, Girl Scouts. But they're going to they're going to hold hands two of the girl squads and they're gonna she's gonna say lesbianism and make it a controversy. Yeah. I not really parodying anything. That's the way things go. Now, Lindsay Lohan auditioned for uh, for Jessica Biel's role. And Ryan Reynolds was considered, he never auditioned for Jake's role. The internet him. says, <laughs> yeah. this is the third film in which Lindsay Lohan was supposed to star along Jake Gyllenhaal as a love interest, but ended up not starring in the film. The first one was Day After Tomorrow, and the second one was Source Code. But I got to say, she wasn't scheduled to be in this film. She right. auditioned. Well, sometimes those, like, did you right. know Ronald Reagan was supposed to be in Casablanca? It's like, yeah, well, you know what? Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to be in it. <laughs> you, can, you know. Uh-oh. Oh, this is their lesbian she attack ad? trained by a lesbian uh, uh, veterinarian. They're just basically smearing no castronic care bill, no girl squad lesbianism. Yeah, that's probably not even parody at this point. Uh, but here's their camp. Right outside the big house. Right outside the White House. Now, you see the calamine lotion on people's face. Yeah. I'm not sure about that joke, but the internet shows that, and I see it too, there's a continuity error because Jessica's Beals, uh, it keeps on changing the calamine lotion. But I don't think that's important. I don't think you notice. I didn't until I re until I researched this. You gotta have eagle eyes. Look at Paul Rubens. He's Ruben. so Yeah, he's great. Mike, it's my turn to pee. I'm, I I normally okay. Hold it, no problem. I'm gonna crank it, it up. You I'm gonna watch it. this out of sync movie. Listen, Carl, one of these coffee movies, it, it happens. Movie and coffee, another cup of coffee, <laughs> another cup of coffee. Start peeing. Well, I'll tell you a great story that happened when I peed after you pee. Okay. Well, actually, I'll tell the audience. Yes, so, I'll be right back. All right. So I went to take a pee and I closed the door. And unbeknownst to me, one of my cats was using the, the kitty litter. And he's a weird cat. He has to scrape, scratch the floor after he's done. And I closed the door. And he gets out and he's kind of shaking his paw and he realizes he's locked. Not only is he locked in with me, but I got to really take a, a big pee during my show. 
So I'm in the middle of peeing and I can't get the door. And the cat's in the room, like a little panicked, but not so much panicked as our other cat who is in the hallway. Uh, we have glass windows for the bathroom door. So the other cat is watching the cat locked in the bathroom. And he's like, you got to get out of here. So I can't do anything. I'm in the middle of peeing. And it was a really long piece, as you can tell from the show. Uh, so I had to finish it while I was just saying, I went to take a pee and I didn't realize the cat was using the litter box. Yes. And I had the door closed, so I couldn't open the door. Mm-hmm. And the cat was like looking at me like, I, I, but not as panicked as the cat in the hallway who was looking through the glass window of the door. Like, you got to get out, buddy. What's going on? Like, <laughs> You're trapped. And the other cat was like looking at the doorknob. Like the cat was going to jump and open the door. So that was my yes. big adventure. Okay. What about you? Kind of a boring pee, huh? Not as uh, as mine. Yeah, I just did a regular pee, but I kept saying, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And you didn't respond. I didn't. No, I didn't hear yeah. you. I was telling uh, the audience about locking my cat in while the other cat watches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we're getting like, you come here to get me, Scott? And then it's like some the one of the girls' squad announces that the Nancy Pelosi put him up to it just to get her out of the picture. Oh. But the calamine lotion shifted. Do we care? No. I got to tell you, for a movie that got interrupted so many times, this film is perfectly jointed, not disjointed. Let's see yeah, you figured that like, if they did this against everyone's wishes to get right. a product out, it would be disjointed. So, uh, where is it here? David Russell left the project in 2010 after negotiations with financer Ron Tudor broke down. Um, he, uh, you know, and he was credited as Stephen Green, similar to the old Alan Smithy pseudo name. Do you know why it changed? Yeah, I do actually. There was a movie called Burn Hollywood Burn, an Alan Smithy film, and it was directed by uh, Arthur Miller, who's the uh-huh. long. Uh, Hiller, Arthur Hiller, excuse me, right, Arthur okay. Miller is a different person. So uh, it was about a $300 million movie flop starring Jackie Chan, Sylvester Stallone, and Whoopi Goldberg okay. called Trio. Oh, and yeah, you don't kill the star. I remember that. It, the tagline was, don't fuck with me. <laughs> don't <laughs> fuck with me. <laughs> don't fuck with me. Sylvester Stallone, Whoopi Goldberg, and Jackie Chan. Are in. So Perfect. the movie bombs. And the director hates it, and he wants to take his name off. But the problem is, the director, who's played by Eric Idle in this film, his name is Alan Smithy. Okay. S-M-I-T-H-E-E. So there's no way he can change his name because the pseudonym they would use is Alan Smithy. So he's in a quandary. And it's... It's a documentary, mockumentary, where they talk to the camera. They were explaining, like, oh, yeah, we, he was on the cover of Crime Weekly, you know, like that type of I thing. I quit on the film. I remember it now. I started watching it. Watching it. Suggestion. So what happened was and the I movie was it. so bad. That I don't know if it was a publicity or it really did come to pass. But the director took his name off the project. And Burn Hollywood Burn, an Alan Smithy film, is actually listed, directed by Alan Smithy. Uh-huh. So at that point, the director's guild said, you know what? Fuck this Alan Smithy shit already. It's just played out. Right. So there were a couple of films where directors took their names off and they used different names. First time I actually heard of Stephen Green. Uh-huh. But Alan Smithy is no longer. New. Yeah. He's no longer, Smithy's no longer used. It's, it's 
played out. So Alice has said, Jessica Beale has said, the only way we can get this health care bill is if, if you go and get Jake, right? So that's what they're at, like a uh, one of those men's retreats where they right. all get tribal. And, and so, so Scott, the cop, is trying to bring the representative back. Uh, but the only way he can do it is if he beats the ring of fire or something like that. And so that's what's about to happen. He's going into his fire test or something. He'll say! So he will tr help him. He goes, listen, you're a man. You don't need this crap. Like, it's like moose balls. You get moose balls if you win. So he's like, be a man and just take the moose balls. He goes, yeah, that's being a man. Screw your fire moose test. We call those uh, prairie oysters. <laughs> Which so this is completely just wackadoodle. So now the cop steps in, which is, you know, not the way it's supposed to go. He's like, hey, man, come on, get out of here. <laughs> Those are the actual moose balls. Allegedly. Wow. He's telling him right now, you take the moose balls, you be a man. Now, is it moose balls or meese ball? <laughs> I I don't know if it's maybe I'm wrong and it's antler uh it's reindeer balls. Let me I think it was moose balls and they didn't say meese. You know who doesn't like the scene? Moose. Meese. <laughs> now he's gonna make his escape. That's right, man. That's how it's done. I don't know what's going on. So, so the cop has made him break out. Yeah. When they get back, it's so funny because they find out that, like, he finds out that they're a love interest, him and Jessica Veal. And he's like, you used me. You tricked me. And she goes, well, yeah, you see, here in Washington, you know. <laughs> oh, she's now a Washington player. Yes, she is. That's why Jake was like, you're the best liar. You're such a good liar because he's. She claimed that his last words were support health care. Yeah, right. Here he comes. Now, when he, she's kissing Jake, the girl squad would be like, you can't break up with Scott. He's so cute. You know? And well, she goes, <laughs> he gave me my first orgasm. And they're like, what's an orgasm? <laughs> oh, really? That's going to happen? Yeah, not as not as bad as when. Do you remember when uh, they had a jamboree and President Trump got to speak to the Boy Scouts? No, I did. Never watch the news. Here he's going to just triumphantly say, "I'm Howard Birdwell, Congressman." <laughs> Congressman, we're so all synced up. You see, no, we're not. We're not. All you right. see how Scott is like all behind this and everything. Until the kiss happens, you'll see. Coming up. It must suck me in. Um, 
Russell said of quitting the film, it's been a painful process for me, the multiple production delays, stoppages, which was caused by David Bernstein and predecessor Ron Tudor's direct involvement with me, have now spanned two full years. The circumstances under which this film would be completed are much different on several fundamental levels than we embarked on several years ago. I am unfortunately no longer involved in the project and I cannot call it my film. But he shot, this wasn't a case where the film was taken away from him and a different director took over. Right. He shot about 90% of this and they just took what they had and, and made edited yes. a different version. It really was still his film. I don't know. It's about the money. So he got punched in the face and, and she goes, he gave me my first orgasm. <laughs> well, that's you would have made it through the ring of fire if it wasn't for me. Bullshit. That true? I passed three fire tests. Before you even die, thank you, man. Stop. Here we go. He gave me my first orgasm. What's an orgasm? What's the orgasm? And her second. And her second. Embarrassing. Self crushed Scott. <laughs> He's such a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> you used me. <laughs> That's Harry Lame. You can't break up with Scott. He's too cute. Oh, the girls got the girls are uh, squad is uh, giving their yes. opinion. They're on. Well, they're they've definitely on Scott's side. When they were camping out in front of the White House, we had the sound off, but there was a lot of like Scott, you dreamy. Oh yeah, here it. <laughs> you you can't you. break up with Yay Scott! We vote for Scott. Man, this movie's funny. Yeah. This yeah. No. Look, they're all like, yeah, Scott. But she's with him. Doesn't care. Okay, oh, so daytime. now it's time for the health care bill. And they're gonna make this happen. Fire festival can begin. Yep. Like you see the bump in his butt. Maybe Nailed it. No, I, I saw it. In 2011, David Bergstein cobbled together whatever was filmed and gave a test screening to the LA crew. Uh, and the LA crew was unaware. In March 2011, an unfinished cut of the film was screened in Los Angeles, released on video on demand uh -huh. on February 2015, which is full six four years later. The film released a limited release on March 20, 2015, bringing in a gross of $4,500. Released on DV. Okay, they spent $25 million on this film and they made 100,000 and something. It was a huge wow. And the critics panned it. They hated this film. And yeah. I think you're wrong. Well, I remember like reading about it and I wanted to know how it was. And yeah, the critics, the critics didn't like it. Yeah, they did not. He goes, oh my God, that's her. That's the evil lady. She's Speaker of the House now. Look how happy she is. Yeah, you get a big gavel. I call this session to order. <laughs> She's so happy. Too bad those moose nuts weren't on the dais. She could, like the podium, she could use that gavel. Bonk, bonk, smushing nuts. Contractual agreements required Beale and Tracy Morgan to film reshoots with did not in involve director Russell. Interesting. Yeah. Principal photography began in April 2008. 
uh, in South Carolina under the title Nailed. Meh, I think I've told you what I needed to tell you about. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it, it doesn't sound great for the actors not getting paid. Right. Know? And the, the producers got a 50% pay cut. Now, I'm not crying in my cornflakes for Hollywood producers. Instead right. of $3 million, they get $1.5. But they were up in arms about it. But wait, there's something with this health care bill. Now, oh. it's going to be exposed on the floor of the house that Jake likes to screw women. Oh, and this is news. Right. And once again, Jessica Beale will be like, you were a victim of circumstances. It was just the one woman. And she goes, this is not the only woman. And her face defeats her. I'll play it when it's Okay. Done. All right. Kiwi still got that pen in his ear. Yeah, he will for the whole film. I don't know who's talking to him. This is not true. He goes, well, we have the woman here. Oh, let's see her. And she goes, hello. Uh, bah, bah, bah. This is like a Jennifer Flowers kind of. Oh. Uh, Ooh, that's not good. And the reason she slept with him in order to have bullet manufacturing in a spotted owl preserve, you know. <laughs> But Jake is always like, I did that to get paid, attention paid to my education. Factories and endangered spotted owl preserves. Whoa. I was told that the only way that I could get funds for my colored glues and for good school stuff was if I put it aside in some... So he keeps on saying every time he'll be talking about how um, <laughs> he did it to get attention to his school bill, you know? He's so funny. Okay, here it is. Here he goes. Twist it up in the system. You could twist it up in the system. No big deal. This is the only woman lobbyist, Mr. Burke. Now watch your face. Oh. You've got to be kidding me. Hello, Howard. Oh, it looks the same. But once again, Jesse Hill's character, Alice. Eckert or whatever will turn this whole thing around once again she's become a master at the political you know cheese stealing this bill isn't about one man or oh, one look. woman or maybe she's nail power yeah that's right she's pretending though it's not true you know if she says the magic word nail she turns it to Shazam right like <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, here comes the speech. Production was shut down frequently as many as 14 times for non-payment of the crew and cast, leading to walkouts by stars Beale and Jillian Hall, as well as several crew members. In a dispute over control of the film and to prevent the possibility of Capitol releasing an unpolished version of the film, Wick and Fisher, they're the producers who actually got the rights back in 2007, I think, and it was basically getting the rights to Gore's book, um, decided to withhold the film negatives and postpone shooting the critical sequence in which Beale's character is injured with a nail gun until the final day of filming. 
As a result, one of the unions pulling support from the film with only two days left to shoot, the sequence was not shot. The film right. was incomplete, and it was added later digitally. Yeah, they, we saw we, they took Jennifer Beals headshot. Yeah, and then they moved it sideways. Yeah, like, like, what, what, what? It was a pretty good faking, you know. So now yeah. Jessica Biel is okay. She's like, "May I address the House?" And the Speaker goes, "No, no, no. Nobody but com- Congressmen see her face." And then she goes, "Oh, sorry, it's the nail. Uh, only." Only representatives are allowed to address. And then Tracy Morgan's like, you let them hot women speak. So he goes, all right, I'll allow it. One minute. <laughs> and now she's channeling. Not everyone has really awesome health care like you guys do here in Washington. And like. a gondola or an automatic power tool. And if you're uninsured or if you're even crappily insured, you're screwed. Like me. Oh, like him. Oh, like him. And is that cool? <laughs> yes. No. That is not cool. This is America, right? So she basically turns it around again and goes, Madam Speaker, we demand a vote. <laughs> so they just say, we're going to vote. And the Madam Speaker's like, oh, shit. Yes. But then they vote, and it's defeated. Oh, and then, but we still have more movie, right? Yes. Look, she admits she's faking, and everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Madam Speaker. We must vote. We demand to vote. Okay. Didn't pass. He really loves her. Yeah. Give Carl five more minutes. <laughs> Carl was great. Give him more time. He should be headlining. <laughs> I, I, I'm out of jokes. I'm out of jokes. Mike, I should not be headlining. I should be featuring. I should not be headlining. Oh, you got to think big, Carl. <laughs> Well, I did. I'm thinking big. I'm going to have an Amazon special streaming on Prime, and you're all over it, my man. I know, man. I'm looking forward to that. It's days away. I learned like if you have something on Amazon and you're like in a position where you can air show it to somebody, uh-huh. they sit there really patiently. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> look, days uh, have it. With that inspiring speech, and look how happy Nancy Pelosi is. Yeah. Oh, I I've seen, I've seen C-SPAN. They don't tally that up for that quickly. Nope, they do not. And you don't say, that's not cool. <laughs> Are they going to take a photo? Look at Pee-wee, man. He's so great. Uh, Paul Rubens, I'm sorry I keep calling you Pee-wee. What can, what can I do? What can I do? That's who I you think... are. I'm sorry. The world did that to you, not me. Oh, come on. You people don't call him Pee-wee every single day. <laughs> if, so you met, if you met him, he's supposed to be a really nice guy. But if you meet him, like, you know, in the back of your mind, you're going to be like, it's Pee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> people used to dislike that he would say, you have to interview me as Paul Rubens or Pee-wee pick. They thought he was being a s- snob. But he wasn't. He wasn't. You're in the middle of being Paul Rubens and you switch to Pee-wee. Now it's like fake and not believable and 
and also a little dumb, you know, because the Pee-wee character is supposed to be crazy stupid the way and mature and wasn't he on Murphy Brown like the rolling the 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 there was a a gag on Murphy Brown that she could never hold an assistant and he was like the one assistant that like matched him master I don't know in my research I figured everybody knows Pee-wee so I everyone knows Pee-wee yeah by the way right now Tracy Morgan's getting broke up with. She's finding out that he has a prolapsed anus. That's why you won't let me go near your backside. Yeah, they didn't have sex. I'm sorry. That's a deal breaker for me. I'm sorry. Wow. Out there's ruining relationships. (laughs) So in the movie, this is like the dark night of the soul where like everything goes wrong. The hero is defeated and, you know, He's not getting the health care bill. He's broken up with the girlfriend. Uh, Jake is a skunk. You know, it's all falling apart for Jessica Biel and for our plot. Yeah, well, I mean, Russell's a good director in that sense. Like, he, you know, he can tell a story, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so Pee-wee became an instant cult figure, and for the next de- decade, Rubens was completely committed to the character, doing all of his public appearances and interviews as Pee-wee. His film, Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 85, director Tim Burton, that's pretty right. good, pretty good. Uh, was a financial and critical success, soon developed into a cult film. Its sequel was less successful. I saw that uh, in Times Square, the sequel. I enjoyed it, but it it deserved to be less successful. He had a big makeout scene because it's important to him to show that he wasn't gay. But right. the, but he's got all this homosexual memorabilia of old timey black and white magazines. It's so not I a don't good. Know what the truth is, I don't. It's not a good look to be near Jeffrey Jones. So I don't know what happened. You know. Now, I believe in my heart that Paul Rubens is probably just a super horny guy, and it's very relatable. And he has money and power, which empowered him to do erotic art and have this memorabilia collection and be associated with other horny guys. I really doubt he's a pedophile. You hear that, Pee-wee? I'm in your corner, man! Yeah, we're, we're pro-Pee-wee. <laughs> no, but genuinely, I just don't believe it's true. Yeah, for uh, what I- in March 2004, child pornography charges were dropped in exchange for Ruben's guilty plea to a lesser misdemeanor ob- obscenity charge. 2014? 2004. 2004. Sorry. The next three years, he was required to register his address at the sheriff's office. He could not be in the company of minors without permission of a parent or legal guardian. Crazy. So Crazy. Um. Ruben said that what the city attorney's office viewed as pornography was considered to be indecent art, and that's what they described the as people underage in masturbation and oral copulation was. In fact, uh, a judicial point of review was that the nudes that Ruben described as people 100% were not performing sexual acts. Being an avid collector, he had purchased bulk lots. One of his vintage magazine dealers declared there's no way he could have known that the content of each page in the publications he bought uh, and re- recalled Rubens asking for physique magazines, vintage 1960 material, not featuring things featuring kids. 
I, I believe it. I believe it. I think that it was in the batch of junk he bought. And yeah. Okay. So once again, Jake was a skunk. He says, I'm not an independent anymore. I am now in the party again. But what he really did for the moon base bill was he snuck in a mini health care bill that provided coverage only for prolapsed anuses, erectile dysfunction that is permanent, and nail guns to the head. Oh, this is a great story. So the story turns out okay for these guys. Yes. <laughs> it's not so the rest of the country. Now we're going to have an interview with him. Charles Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you witch, you skunk. But now they go to Jake live on the run. You see, since he did this sneaky thing, he's on the run. And so they caught up with him at this motel parking lot and they're going to interview him live. And Scott is going to crumble. <laughs> Except it's just Allison's friends. Sweet people. We don't need to watch this anymore. Scott. (laughs) So boring. (laughs) He's not a traitor. He's not a traitor. This is our big appeal. Okay. Alice, I, I don't even know if you're watching this. Yeah, I am. Look <laughs> what she starts doing. <laughs> she starts making out with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so boring. This is why I kept the option 25% open with the other love interest, whatever her name was. <laughs> Yeah, he's right there, and we're going to have an on-screen. Tongue kiss? Uh, I, yeah, well, I, it's this. It's a passionate kiss. She was tonguing before. Oh, my yeah, TV well, image? Just... You French kiss my TV image? <laughs> he's got no image. Oh, hey, this movie must be over. He's all... Yes, this movie's wrapping up. They're going to get married? Yeah. Listen, audience, uh, if you get to see this film without us, check out uh, Christy Alley. She was hilarious. We just, we were muted. It seems like, it seems like one of those films where it needs to be watched. And then. uh... I I researched all this stuff about her, like weight gain, weight loss controversy and uh, but she just wasn't in the film enough to like dive into it. And we're wrapping up. Well, you know that scene where they had to defibrillate the uh, yes. Brolin, and they went clear. And Christy Alley got on stage and said, "Well, you would have to take classes technically to right. be cleared." That's right. Yeah. Oh. Well, now we're having marriages. So, Ray Ray and Kiki are going to be together. Right, because she got over to his prolapse anus. Yes, she did. Now, they're not getting married, but 
I don't know. It's sort of like they are in a way. Is, is he going back? Feel good ending. Oh, with the credits rolling up. Right, and the the cop is back with the second love interest. Good, I'm glad she's so seen like more. Everyone's yeah. Odds are, odds are they were the better. And so what's like? Fill me up, Buttercup. Move on up. You're right. You're right. It's a feel good song. Do they have the crew dancing and singing at the end? No, it's not that director. Oh, man. Carl, what did you think of this movie? I really enjoyed this movie, and I did not notice that it was messed up from its uh, uh, not getting completed and disjointed and released late. I did not notice it was CGI when I first saw this before yeah. researching it. Um, there, None of the acting was out of context. The plot all held together. So I think it was really almost fully shot in 2008. And the stuff that wasn't shot, they just sort of tacked on. That's why I think it doesn't come across as disjointed at all. Um, even though they were walking out from not getting paid, he was blaming the financial crisis on it. They didn't believe her. Is there more movie? Um, it's the first day that I met you, I knew that you were some <laughs> uh oh, sequel. So she was gonna do this. Tracy Morgan distracted the crowd. They started playing the music again. Now we're having outtakes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. They're like, hey, fuck you. It's our movie. She is going to rack us all over the coals, and it's not gonna be good time. <laughs> Excellent. Power. So it seems like a fun set when the director's not involved. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Russell shot this first? Look, people are having fun of my set. <laughs> well, this was not the last day of filming. Because don't yeah. kiss my girlfriend. Like, whatever, whatever. I have my own girlfriend. Like, you see her eye. Yeah, is... So she didn't get married. This is just Tracy right. Morgan and, was... and Melendez Williams. Right. She, it was that's very funny. She started yeah. to make this speech. It almost seemed like it was going to be a proposal, and then her eye got hit. They're like, "All right, forget it. We'll talk about it later." You know, like I, I think that if Russell did follow his vision, it might be a differently tuned machine, like kind of hitting, you know, like maybe trying to hit a certain point. Oh but yeah, yeah, he would have a would, different theme song at the end. Different theme song, right? It would have been uh, a different theme song. The font on the credits would have totally be Comic Sans. It was a different film because of him. No, oh, yeah. They got into a lot of arguments about Comic Sans. Also, you know, I didn't realize the Girl Scouts were Squaw. I thought I, I was Squad. It is. Am no, I wrong? Squaw. It's Squaw. Oh, according well, to the credits. Throughout the film, they're talking about Sacagawea. I'm embarrassed. I, I heard I, this is the fourth time I saw this. I thought it was Squad the whole it time. It was only in the credits as Squaw. So that's, uh -huh. that's the reason why. Well, that's not true. I bet you I missed it. It doesn't seem bad. It just doesn't seem like a film you want to watch again. I mean, no, you watched it four times. It was good enough, but I mean, you are entertained. You are laughing. Um, you know, all of the people have charisma. Scott, the cop. And I mean, Jake had the least charisma of the main actors, and he's got plenty of charisma. Um, wow, Joe Pancake. Special effect technician, Joe Pancake. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't want to be associated with this film. Yeah, you know what? Right. I'm out. 
Credit me as Joe Pancake. Are you waffling on this on your credit? <laughs> wow. Oh, Pancake it is. Oh, oh. batter up. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. You know, I thought it would be like a bigger chain wreck or unwatchable. I've seen a lot of like Miramax movies that just get dumped years later yeah. and they really are unwatchable. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy. Thanks, Carl. small they shouldn't fight at all down there upon that little sphere their time is short a life is just a day you'd think they'd find a way to use the time that runs among the distant suns Today must be some better way to use the time that runs among the distant sun from way up here the earth is just a ball a precious little ball so small
jive president accident, I mean, would make you think that things is cool. But I'm here to tell all y'all, and him too, that we got a cross that we must bear. And the cross gets awful heavy. Now there's the black cross, the green cross, the white cross, the double cross, the crisscross. And the lost cross. And the cross gets awful heavy. Different times. 